What's going on, guys? This is Rob Doster here. I want to let you know about our sponsors, Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about them yet, it is the easiest way for you to make a podcast. I know because all of our 28 podcasts on the field of 68 and the field of 12 use Anchor by Spotify. It has the tools that will allow you to record and edit your pods right from your phone or your computer. You can distribute anywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all those places that allow you to listen to podcasts for absolutely free. Anchor sends those pods directly to the feeds. And here's the best part about it. Anchor is totally free. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm if you want to get started on your own podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Doster and Deshaun podcast here on the Field of 68 Media Network. It is Sunday, January 31st. My name is Rob Doster. That gentleman you see next to me is the one and only Deshaun Butler, former West Virginia All-American, current co-host of mine. Deshaun, how you doing, sir? I am good, my guy. Just, you know, watching a little uh, Royal Rumble downstairs with the kids. <laughs> That's going on. Uh had a good day, bro. Watched uh, watched a little teeny bit of basketball. It wasn't much going on today, but uh, I had a lot of basketball yesterday, so I'm cool. You know, my weekend's been going pretty well. What about you? Yeah, I watched some of the Michigan Ohio State game today, but like Michigan State is not very good, and they got kind of run out the gym there, and yeah. there wasn't really much else. Like I was gonna watch St. John's Marquette, but then I realized St. John's is terrible. Marquette's not very good. Um, so nah, I was, I was good with that. And St. John's, by the way, they're not terrible. They, they actually might be pretty good. They get the, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> they, the, the, the champagne kid is, um, him and his twin brother at Pitt. Like that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's a story that people are not really talking much about. It's like, there's two twins that are just killing it and no one's, no one like talks about them at all. But I promise you, I literally read the, the, the stats for one game. And I was like, these can't be the set. I was like, I, I swear I saw this, the stat line, uh, uh, Pitt. <laughs> I was like, it can't be the same guy. <laughs> it was, it's like it's I, just, I I know that name. Right? I was like, I've seen it too many times, and it's rare to see two names. Like it's not even a common name. It's like it's yeah, rare it's, to see two names. Like, I'm pretty him. sure. I'm pretty sure it's champagne too, and it's not just yeah. champagne. Um, yeah, champagne. But I will I will never say their first names either of them because I can't I can't, I can't keep a track. Like I don't know <laughs> I don't know which there's a, I'm pretty like there's a Justin and a Julian. Justin, well, I think Justin goes to Pitt. Oh, see, I thought Justin went to St. John's. Hold on a second. Say now you're gonna make me look it up just to make sure. You you might be right. If hey, if you if you feel good about it, then then I'll roll with you. But I don't I, I, just, I don't I don't even bother because what's gonna happen is you're gonna tell me, <laughs> but then I'm gonna get it in my head and I'm I'm just gonna every time I say it, I'm gonna be like, No, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. And then I'm gonna get it wrong when I actually say it. It's like so uh, Yep, Justin Justin's pit. Justin's pit. Justin's pit. Okay. Yeah. Ne- still never going to remember it. Still never going to say their name, so I don't get it wrong. Yeah. Um, it's like that uh, for me with Hinkle Fieldhouse and Hilton Coliseum. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hil- yeah. Hilton is the Iowa State one. Hinkle is the Butler one. But whenever I'm saying it, I always like I catch myself and I'm like, oh, shit, you got to get it right. You got to get it right. You got to get it right. And then I get nervous and I end up saying the wrong one. I've done that probably a good like 15 or 20 times. And it just drives me crazy. Like, I just can't keep track of them. Bitch yourself up. Don't beat don't yourself know, up. All right. Don't beat yourself up. Um, all right. So we have a lot to talk about uh, with the SEC Big 12 Challenge that happened on Saturday. Um, things are starting to uh, shake up a little bit in the ACC, and we definitely have to get to that. 
Uh, there were some weird, weird goaltending calls. And I, Deshaun, I got a rant for you ready to go because I'm, I'm fired anyway. up about this. Uh, but I want to start with um, with something that happened with Fran McCaffrey on Friday night after the game. Uh, I'm going to play the audio, play you guys the audio right here, just so you can hear it and kind of see uh, what happens, so you could take uh, take it in for yourselves. But just give this a listen, and and, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about this in a second. Jordan has 15 points combined in in four losses this season. There, there had. Am I reading too much into that, or is there something to that? I don't know. Next question. Don Doxy, go ahead. Yeah, Frank, can you talk a little bit about the, the goaltending call that they took away? Um, uh, I can't. What, what did they tell you there? I can't. Ted Lysico? Uh Just to clarify for us, Frank, what is the rule on that goaltending situation? The whistle stops everything, uh, no matter who? Apparently. Okay. Uh, and, and then on the free throws, uh, you got in the bonus with 10 minutes to go, and I don't think you shot another free throw after that. Uh, that that's product? really interesting, Chad. A great observation by you. You're a smart guy. You really are a smart guy. Either that or I guess I got to do a much better job of getting Luca Garza to the free throw line, apparently. I'm just a horrendous coach. It's one free throw. That's my fault. I'll take full blame for that. So, Deshaun, Frank got a little bit of stick for that. And I don't necessarily think what happened there was all that bad. And I think that it had a lot to do with what his reputation is um, as a coach and the way that he's treated people in the past. But to me, that was a coach that was incredibly frustrated about a call. And we'll get to the call in a second uh, that went against his team. Um, that probably was, I would argue, the wrong call to make. Uh, and um, it may or may not have cost this team a win. Like, it certainly cost them a chance at stealing a win uh, down the stretch. So, yeah. um, I guess, what do, you, what, do you, what do you make of what he said, how he said it, and, what he said, and, and the guy that he said it to? Um, first and foremost, uh, it's always important to have a, a form of uh, professionalism. So I get where everybody's coming from when they're after Fran, but he didn't, I just, I mean, I just see, like you just said, a frustrated, he's very frustrated at what happened during the game and how the game uh, unfolded at the very end. He was like, he was, I wouldn't say distraught because he he didn't look that distraught, but he was upset. Definitely. And I mean, he reacted the way he did. I, I didn't see any harm. And how he reacted, he didn't uh, disrespect anybody or call anybody out of their name. I would say, like it was, he was very short and got it out, got it done, so he can get back to being frustrated on his own, as opposed to you know making the rest of uh, the media and and lashing out in the in the open like we don't want our coaches to do. I mean, so I I can't really knock him for how he handled it. It's like it's just like it wasn't the best way, but it's not like the worst way where we need to like drag him through the mud. Yeah. He was, he was very sarcastic in what he said specifically to the reporter, to Chad, yeah. when he was talking about the free throws, yeah. but you, you gotta, 
you have to kind of like understand what their relationship is, right? Like if they have a relationship with, where they can kind of break each other's balls like that, then yeah. I think, I, I don't think that it's necessarily wrong. Like I want to read the tweet from uh, Chad. I'm, I'm going to butcher this Chad. So if you listen, I'm sorry, I apologize. Uh, but Lystical, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, he works for uh, the Des Moines register and the press citizen. Um, so he's basically like, he's an Iowa beat writer for the, the local paper. And, um, they've met. <laughs> they've met. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they know each other very well. Other. Exactly. And, and this is what he had to say, um, afterwards, he put this on Twitter. He said he is biting his tongue as best he can. And 100%, he was finding a way to articulate his frustration with how the game was officiated. He and I have a good professional relationship and there was zero disrespect toward me. I liked the answer. So I think that that's really important. You know, we, we talk about this, um, We've talked about this before, but so much of when it comes to things like harassment and things like bullying and things um, of this nature where a coach, you want to call him an asshole for the way he treats somebody, uh, so much of it is 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 in the way that the person on the receiving end views it. Yeah. So, like, if you if you didn't know, um, like <clears throat> like us, right? And I and I and I come out here and I break your balls and I and I, and I say some things and. You know, I kind of get on you a little bit. You, you can take it. You can handle it. You know, it's a joke. You know, it's all in love, right? The same thing with Chad and, and Fran in this situation is, is what it seems like from the outside. You know, I don't, I don't know um, Chad all that well. I've, I've spoken to Fran enough times that I think he knows who I am. Uh, but I think that, that might be the, uh, the, the extent of it. But from what I can tell with him is, is he does not have a problem. Like, if you want to be sarcastic with him, like, he'll, he'll come right back at you. You know, that just yeah. seems like who he is. So. I don't. I think yeah. that it's getting a little overblown. And the big thing is that man is trying to watch out for his pocketbook, so watch out for his bank account, and make sure that he doesn't get fined for saying what he really thinks about the way that that game was officiated and the uh, the goaltending call at the end of that game. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, it there was no more to it. If hmm. yeah, I couldn't really find it. I'm still. I'm like trying to play back everything I heard, and I just can't find a thing that was done out of like out of malice or like just something that was so bad that you needed to, to drag him through the dirt. Yeah. So the, the, I think the big problem was the first time the video got tweeted out, it got cut off where he said, you're a smart guy, Chad. Yeah. And didn't actually like, they didn't show the rest of the, the answer to the question. So it just, yeah. like, if that's it looked, the way they yeah. edited it, it looks a lot worse. Yeah. Than what it actually yeah. Not to mention, I, I thought you brought it up a little bit ago, just saying um how, you know, how he's perceived, mm-hmm. you know, he's like perceived as like the straight edge, like everything by the book. Not, he doesn't really, I mean, the closer people probably know how his personality and his sense of humor and how he goes back and forth, but like the masses don't, they just see him as a, you know, a straight edge guy. So, I mean, I can see how they would take that out of context and just think, Oh, well, he's being a dick. Like, so it yeah. is what it is. Um, you can't please I mean- everybody. Yeah, and, and when your reputation is the, the guy that, like, breaks clipboards and throws chairs and gets technical fouls and gets thrown out of games. and This and is nothing. People out. Yeah, this, this is nothing. Is, this, 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 it's not just nothing, but, like, the smallest thing will get people like, oh, here goes Fran again. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Mount McCaffrey is about to explode. And when in reality, like, he's, he's not pissed at the media. He's not pissed at Chad for the question. Like, yeah. he's, he's pissed about his team. You know, and when he when he, when he's talking about not getting to the line, 
like he's taking shots at referees that aren't yeah. calling fouls. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. um, but I, I do want to talk about the goaltend because did you have you you've seen the replay, right? Yeah, I saw the clip. Saw yeah, it like so two or three times. I was I was watching it live, um, and as someone that had money on Illinois minus two, uh, this was not a bad thing for me personally. But the way this played out, so what happened was. Iowa is down by four. There's a minute and, and, and six seconds left on the clock. Joe 72, Wieskamp, 76, something like yeah, that. Se- yeah, 76, 72, Illinois is up. Joe Wieskamp drives to the basket, goes up, tries to finish a shot at the rim. Kofi Coburn blocks it. Um, it bounces off the glass, comes right back to Joe Wieskamp, who t- immediately tips it in. Like, he literally, like, he's, he goes right back up in the air, second jump, tips it right back in. They score. Um, the play's blown dead because they ruled that Kofi Coburn's block was a goaltend. So they count, they, they basically counted the first basket. Right. And so like in the end, it doesn't really matter because it's like two points is two points is two points. So who cares what happens, but they go back to the monitor, they review it and they determine that Kofi Coburn's shot was not a goaltend. And in now fact, lose it wasn't, points. it was a good block. But as soon as you do that, as soon as that whistle blows, right. To call the goaltend plays dead plays over so that tipping from joe Wieskamp doesn't count which means that instead of being down two with a minute and six seconds left and having a chance to get a stop to get the ball back to tie or take the lead you have to take the ball out of bounds underneath go up against a set defense and try to score again and you're down four and you get to burn clock right Mm -hmm. so i don't know if that necessarily changes the outcome of the game but it certainly put Iowa in a position where, like, it's much, much, much more difficult for them to win. Um, Facts. So I understand why he's wrong. The other one that happened was on Saturday night. And this one was even more egregious. And, and it just – this one pisses me off because it's just like, what, what the fuck are we doing with this call? So Kamani Lawrence on Arizona State gets a pass in the lane, right? Stanford is up 75-74 to 74 at Arizona State. There's Arizona 40 State, – yeah. There's 45 seconds left. Kamani Lawrence, who's on Arizona State, gets the ball on the baseline, goes up for a reverse layup, gets fouled. The ball gets knocked off of the backboard on the opposite side of the backboard and comes directly off, right, going away from the rim. There is, there's a less than zero chance of this shot ever getting anywhere near the rim, right? Yeah. It's already below the rim level, and it's, it was bounced off, like, the side of the – not the side of the backboard, but, like, outside like the box. The, it was outside the box. Like, it was on the backboard – I just, oh, I hate that. I hated that. Yeah. I, and so what happens was a terrible situation. But go ahead. Yeah. Man. So th- that ball comes off the backboard. Like he, he gets fouled. He misses the shot. It comes directly straight back off the backboard, straight towards the foul line. And somebody on Stanford, like, like sm- smacks it out of bound, hits the ball. Um, n- no one reacts to it. No one says anything. They go back and they review it and they determine that it is a goaltend, right? Because by the letter of the law, a shot that comes off the backboard and has not yet like hit the ground is still a shot or whatever, like whatever, however you want to define it Um, by the letter of the law, that is a goaltend. And they gave, instead of sending a 56% foul shooter to the line down by one with 40 seconds left where he has to hit both, put his team in the lead. They give Arizona state the lead, call it an and one and send them to the line for one shot uh, for a chance to go up by two. Now that one, that one significantly impacted the outcome of that game, I think. I, I think that's, that Stanford has, like, is probably the favorite to win that game. 
because they, yeah. they most likely they're going to get the ball with the get with the score tied. Yeah. Right. Coming back down. So instead of having to score to try to take the lead, like or I'm, I'm sorry, score to try to tie the game, tie the game yeah. down by two, you're you're scoring to try to take the lead. You have an option to go like two for one to try to win the game. Like it, it just it opens everything up for you to do, uh, but they didn't get that option because that ball was called a called a goaltend. Now, the reason why do you know why we're allowed to go back and and, and review goaltends? To make sure they're goaltenders, I would have said. Well, so the reason, no, well, yeah, but the reason why this 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 law this rule was put into place was in 2019 in February. Um, there was a play. It was uh, it was LSU was at Rupp Arena was at Kentucky. Game was tied at 71. Uh, LSU has the ball. Skylar Mays drives to the basket, goes up, throws a floater off the backboard. Um, it has no chance of going in. Fires rockets off the backboard, hits the front of the rim, bounces up. Um, Cavell Bigby Williams on LSU comes in, tips the ball in at the buzzer. LSU wins, right? So they go back and they review it to make sure that like the tipping came before the buzzer. And like it, it was like it, it, he tipped it in at like 0.4 seconds. It was very clearly he got it off in time. But you could see upon the review that like it was a goaltend, it was basket interference. That ball was like within the cylinder. But they couldn't go back and make the right call because of what the letter of the law was. Well, they, this is the same shit that's happening right now. So John Calipari complained about it. He's like, why can't we get the call right if we're able to look at it? So they changed that rule that summer. And now we're going back. And because these guys are allowed to go and look at the monitors to make these reviews, we are, we are getting calls wrong because they're able to go back and review it, right? Like the wrong call was made for for iowa right they should have had those two points and that ball should have been illinois everybody Mm -hmm. that knows that has ever played basketball has ever watched basketball has ever coached basketball has ever been a fan of basketball knows that that's how it goes right like that's two points i I think everybody agrees that that's two points the arizona state one like what the fuck are we doing that that is what gets overturned a shot that has absolutely no chance of going in because it's a letter of the law when these guys are looking at this and they know what the right call is but they're not allowed to do it it's the same fucking thing and, and and going back and setting up all these reviews like yes i understand that we now have the technology where we are able to determine what is the right call down to like the the, the frame down to the millisecond we have like hd tablets that can get sent like one frame zoomed in to like a hundred times to be able to see exactly what happens in exactly that millimeter and oh his shoelace was touching out of bounds so technically he was out of bounds and so we got to overturn this call i get it right it's great that we have that technology and we can get calls right but like, this is extra. We should not be doing, like, in a situation where referees are changing the outcomes of games for things that are, like, every single person that's ever played basketball in the history, in the recorded history of the sport, knows that that's the wrong call. It, it just, it drives me up the wall. I'm fired I, up. I bet. I see. I see. You had, to get that off, you had to get that off your I had, chest. And I, I had. I had. Oof. It's. That was that I, was freeing, bro. Oh, what man. was that? What was, what did the, what line did you have in the Sanford game? Whoa! I, did, you, did you did you see that? <laughs> did, did you see what that was? You see what that was? That was a weight off my shoulders. <laughs> I, I, honestly, hey, you look you look you look like you know you got. A hey, you know what? You, you, you know what that was? Yeah, that you was a dad taller. joke. So look look at this. Hey. I keep all my dad jokes in a database. <laughs> who got you? Who got you that shirt? Who got you my that shirt? Wife, my, exactly. my wife. I'm I'm the king. I'm the king of dad jokes. That's why. Yeah. I love dad jokes. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I cut you off. <laughs> no, no, no worries. No, no. Trust me. I was. I'm with you. But uh, yeah, bro, it's, it sucks. Uh, you would think with the technology we have, like you said, when you have the opportunity to make the right decision, you would make it. 
like you wouldn't go to like obviously the letter of the law scenario was put there for a purpose but if they're giving you free reign to make the right decision like the right basketball play then you can't have those two calls that we saw like this weekend that was that was bad yeah On all I, I, th- I think it's just the 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 unintended byproduct of um of having of having this technology and the ability to to make these decisions is like there you have to have a definition for a rule right you have to have you, you have to have that line drawn in the sand but it doesn't leave the problem with being able to go back to to replay and see exactly what happens is it takes away all interpretation of what that rule is. Like when we have officials making decisions, they're interpreting those rules and they're determining what is the right decision yeah. to make instead of what is like the, the letter of the law down to the millisecond that we can determine with all this technology that we have. It's like, I mean, there's, there's so it's, there's examples of this in like every single sport. Like it's so my, I'm a huge Tottenham guy. Like you can see, Right over here, uh, where is it? Over this shoulder, right there. Yeah, right there. That's the that's that's the scarf of my favorite soccer team. On Thursday, they played a game against the reigning champions and had a goal ruled out because there was a guy who had like what amounted to a cleat. One of his cleats, like he was taking a step forward and like the back cleat was offside, and they were able to determine that. Like I could send you the screenshot by like a millimeter with the cameras and the technology that they have. So the, it was ruled out. They, they would have been up 1-0. It would have completely changed the face of the game. Um, instead, they lost 3-1. So, like, and, and no one complained. No, no, none, of the, none of the guys on the other team complained. It's like with the – even with, like, the, the whole Des Bryant, did he catch it? Calvin Johnson, like, was it yeah. a catch when he caught that touchdown? Like, we see it in every single sport. Davide Moretti, when the ball got tipped off of him in the 2019 title game, remember that? Mm-hmm. Everybody that's ever played basketball in the recorded history of basketball knows <laughs> that that ball should have been Texas Tech. Yeah. Every, everybody. Like, you played, you played thousands and thousands of games of basketball. Would you would you ever in your mind think that that ball would go back to Virginia in that situation? Honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't expect it to, but uh, <laughs> that that's honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm no disrespect to referees, but I'm not. I'm one of the guys that's like, I'm not pro referee. I feel like referees should have to do interviews after games. Yeah, I'm with well, you. the only reason they don't is because I mean it would go against what the uh, the uh, the governance would want to happen, but I feel like referees should have to do interviews. It, How it'll did you... keep everybody honest and earnest and, and then have everybody has to answer for what they did in the game as a whole. You can't just have like players and coaches answer for things that happen in the game when there's a the third party there that makes crucial decisions on what happens in games and they never speak on what happens. Like I feel, yeah. feel like that's that's like a I mean you gotta protect the referees if for as the government, like as the NCAA or as the uh the the conference, I guess, whatever it is, but I feel like they should have to interview, like, to yeah. explain that. L- let me ask you this: Like, did you ever play with with replay or with VAR or whatever they call it? In your, like, did you ever play with that, or was that? I'm not sure we had VAR, but we definitely had replay, though. We definitely had chan- opportunity. I mean, see, we had things where they had, they look back at the monitor to make sure calls were correct and so on and so forth. Was it was it frustrating to have to like sit there for however many seconds waiting for a call to get made? Nah, not really. I mean, especially our, like for me, we had those replays were mainly for uh, for fouls, like depending on what kind of foul it was. They didn't really uh, have it determine too many uh, 
you know, out of bounds. That like that was that was stuff that they kind of trusted to themselves, but like fouls, depending on if it was like a flagrant or someone did something that was unnecessary. Like, yeah. I mean, it's not that big a deal to wait around to get that. No, I guess nothing. It's like it's like 40 seconds. Like, okay. Yeah. They figure it out, they let the coach know. The coach is either happy or pissed, and then we all go back out on the floor and play. <laughs> did you did you like playing with replay? I don't see why not. I mean, at the end of the day, you want the best call you can get. There's some things, obviously, as players, if you you do something on the court that you don't want to be replayed because you know you're in the wrong and you get caught. I mean, that's part of, like, I mean, you obviously weren't sneaking. Uh, like, it's just part of it. It's like, if they have it, it's part of the game. You got to learn how to play with it. Like, it is what it is. Like, it's nothing we can do about what what is part of the game. You just have to adjust and and get better, like. Yeah, the the it just, the thing that just frustrates me is that I I don't know how you can actually implement something like this, but there needs to be some kind of like common sense override for all of this stuff. That's like, the point, though. I thought that was what 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 the case was. Like there was a rule that they put in place. Like, and obviously, Kyle Perry made a big deal about it. So afterwards, it's just like, listen, we know what the letter of the law says, but when you go to these replays, if you see something that if you see the right call that needs to be made you make the right call. Yeah, well, so, that's, like, that's the problem. Like they, they went and they reviewed it and they said, okay, this is what the laws of the game say should happen. The referee, like th- that's why it's like not necessarily, like it's not on the actual referees. It's like they are enforcing the rules. They're doing their job. It's the rules to me that are, that are flawed in this situation that like, you can't just say, yeah. okay, everybody knows that this should be a basket for Iowa here. And this should not count for Arizona state. Like you should, like, the, you shouldn't have to put that on the refs and have them in that position where they can't just say, look, uh, I don't want to give the wrong call here. Like we're just doing a, we're doing an override. Like I, there's kind of, I don't know how you can actually do that. There's yeah, I feel like that. I feel like there is there that call is that that's a call the referees can make. That's why you have a head referee. Like when these situations come up, so if they 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 have this job, it's a very tough job. It's not easy. I mean, at the same time, I mean, you have to make not easy calls. You got to make difficult calls, and what the rule is, and then what you see is right is right. Like, like you you have to make the right call. You can't sit there and like, oh well, the rule said. He didn't hit him in the head. He hit him in the throat. So we got to make it difficult. Like, no, you hit him with intent. So, mm-hmm. and we saw the way he did it. He tripped him. Like he did this, he did that. These are calls where they can make the right calls and they do something for the most part. Why not make the right call right there? So like, I feel like that's a cop out. It's like, all right, we don't want to give you the answer. We wanted it. Like, we don't have an answer for you that you would like because you would be pissed. So we're just going to do this. And that's the rule. And then we're just going to keep running down the court and not talk to you. It's frustrating, man. It's, no, it it's is, frustrating man. when it goes it that is. way. All right. Let's talk about the, uh, the big 12 SEC challenge because um, that's, that was fun, man. That was so much fun this weekend. I, I loved every single second of it. And now I know like we were on uh, yesterday with Robbie and like, we were giving him shit about how it's like the real challenge and the big 10 ACC challenge doesn't really count. <laughs> but the thing that I love about it is, that like I, I thought I was going to hate having something like this in the middle of conference play, but I've, I've completely come around and I love the fact that it breaks up the monotony of having, yeah, my, my initial thought was like, why do we want to do this? Like this just fucks everything up. Like this is not the way what? we do it. That, I was dumb. That's, I, I admit it. That was a terrible, that was a terrible take by me. As a player, it's the best thing in the world. Like I, like I told you, like my freshman year, I had a black, like, 
it's awesome to like play these games, uh, play these conference games, and then all of a sudden you see like two non-conference games in your conference schedule. It's just like, who are we playing? Like, who will we play? That who who would our coach want to risk like our season on to play mid-conference? Oh, we play UCLA, who's like ranked, blah blah blah. Yeah, of course. Um, we played Evan Turner my senior year. We played Ohio State, ranked top ten. We played like that's awesome to have in the middle of conference because now mm-hmm. I mean you have if you get a really good game against a really good I mean that's TV game that's awesome you get to play and everybody gets to see the game and you get to play against really good competition oh, oh yeah like it's a it's, CBS game you're, you're yeah, playing on man. you're playing you're playing on Natty TV not exactly. just regular not local exactly. nah you know this is this isn't the Big East Network this is <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the Big East Network it's, it's uh, good people over there um yeah so like i i'm i'm with you man i i love it i love that it breaks up the i don't want to say monotony but it's just something different and i would not i think we need to leave the big 10 acc challenge where it is because i think one of the biggest problems that we have with college basketball is that there's not there's not great games throughout the entire season and it allows you to let it be uh uh, you know secondary in november and december i think we need to get more quality non-conference games like the idea that all of these power conference teams are playing six or seven teams that they're going to win they're going to be by a thousand like that just it seems silly to me that we're wasting inventory on that many buy games so i think finding a way to make more games relevant especially ones that are going to be on campus is always going to be a good thing that said i love i love these these late season big non-conference matchups and this one was it, it was so much fun because these games are great so uh we had oklahoma beating up on Alabama. We had Texas Tech erasing a seven-point deficit in the final minute and then beating LSU by five. Uh, We had Baylor uh, closing down the Sharif Cooper show. Uh, We had Tennessee blowing out Kansas. We had Cade Cunningham hitting a game winner. Game winner. Uh, yeah. There was there was that game in Morgantown that I'm con- contractually obligated to not mention to you on this no podcast worries. stream today. That's good. We had, we had Missouri TCU that was just absolutely insane. <sighs> So what was it? What was the what was the biggest storyline coming out of that game? I'm I'm biggest. going to open the floor to you and let you have the overreaction here on the Monday Overreactions podcast. Mm. It's on you, Day. It's on if you. If I had to pick Davion Harmon without, like, they they were missing what two starters. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a that's a hell of an achievement because Alabama's a really good team and he went out there and he did his thing and it wasn't just him. I mean, Hark, like Harkless, everybody, they all play well, but like Oklahoma, it, Kruger does a great job. And I, I, I think he's starting to get like, obviously starting to get a little bit more credit this year. Like I feel like his name gets slept on in the very beginning of the year until he starts winning games like this. And then everybody's, Oh, Lon is this great coach. Like, yeah, he's always been a really good coach. Um, he's, uh, I like his team. man. I like how hard they play. And I like how well they play together. So that was kind of like one of my favorite games this week. Like the, the whole yeah. the game in general. Like they play hard as hell that game. They their their guards just the amount of ball pressure that they can they that they put on um, Alabama's um, Alabama's perimeter players. Mm-hmm. And like part of the, part of this was kind of a matchup thing. Um, like what Alabama wants to do is basically have like Herb Jones be the guy that they run offense through. Through yeah, and then, and then have a bunch of other guys that are kind of like combos and secondary ball handlers and like Josh Primo's kind of like, I guess if you had to list somebody at the point, 
he would be listed at the point, but like the offense yeah. runs through Herb Jones, but like Herb's banged up. Like he's got a, he's got a back thing. Relax. He's got a, he's got a finger thing. Yeah, his nose relax. got bloodied in this game. Like, like he ain't, he ain't right right now. Yeah. They and, beat him up, man. They beat him up. And, <laughs> and, and you know, and, and, and Oklahoma took advantage of that. They're four, they could, four top they, 10 win in the month of January. Four that's top 10 big. Wins. That's crazy. That's big. First and foremost. Second, like how hard was it for Alabama to keep uh Harmon out of the out of like oh out of the paint like mm-hmm. up from driving around like he like kind of like slashed them up <laughs> like it was like it was pretty uh the first half like he kind of was getting wherever he wanted to to find people to get to his shot whatever like it was I was very impressed with the team man it was it was interesting yeah especially without two um two starters targets, and their leading yeah. scorer yeah Score. no yeah. Austin Reeves who averages yeah. 17 5 and 5 um the big thing was like Alabama couldn't get get big defensive rebounds that they yeah. needed to like yeah. it felt like every time when you're like all right we need to stop okay they missed a shot and it was that moment where it was like just get the defensive rebound Oklahoma got every single one of those right they mm-hmm. picked up I don't know if there's like any metric or any stat that I can give for that beyond just like it felt like every big rebound Oklahoma got um and still despite all of that if Jaden Shackelford hits like one of two layups down the stretch, yeah. or if Alex Reese hits one of those two wide, open. wide open threes yeah. in the second half and like the final four minutes, like Alabama's got a really good chance of winning that game. So like nice. I'm still it. I'm still even Robbie Hummel, Robbie Hummel's gonna hate on us forever for saying this, but I'm still in on Alabama, man. That is a really, really good basketball team. Listen, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I kind of went in on Reese yesterday and then I watched the game again. And I mean, at the end of the day, we know that's Bruner's natural, like that's his spot, but Reese is filling in that spot. And he, he, I mean, if he's getting all those shots, you can't tell a guy not to shoot. I mean, obviously you can tell a guy not to shoot 10 threes, but at the same time, I mean, he had a he had a bunch of wide open ones that you can't just like you can't tell your players not to shoot that if you want to yeah. keep them confident if you want to keep if like you want to keep the defense honest at a certain point in time like all right maybe next game he won't shoot ten threes and he maybe he won't go three for ten or something like that maybe he'll go like three for five but you can't sit there and say don't shoot it because now yeah. like that's gonna mess him up later on especially if he, the way they play like they pick and pop and he gets a lot of uh, shots like as far as flaring and fading. So, and he gets, I mean, he got a lot of shots, bro. It was, you gotta, you gotta shoot him. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was listening to, uh, to Duncan Robinson the other day when he was on Stu Douglas's pod on the go blue yeah, yeah, yeah. podcast on the field of 68 network. Um, and he was saying like, for him, the hardest thing for him to like kind of wrap his head around was that, like if you pay any attention to one game samples in terms of shooting, like all you're going to do is fuck yourself up. Cause yeah. he was like the, the difference between being one of the greatest shooters in the NBA and being a guy that is going to play his way out of the league is like that one shot that you just mentioned. Right. So Alex yeah. Reese was, was three for 10. If he goes three for 10 for every game, he's a 30% three point shooter and he's yeah. terrible. You got to kick him off a team. You got to cut him. They pull a scholarship. He's gone. He's transferring to Alabama, Birmingham. Right. But you make Great four place. out of make four out of ten every game. All of a sudden, you're a forty percent three point shooter. Like you're considered at, if you're doing that at six nine. Oh, you know what? Maybe he's going to get NBA looks. Oh, he's yeah. he's the key to the team. Like blah blah blah, yeah. whatever it is. So one three, <laughs> one three rattling out is it changes everything. So you just can't like you can't think about it 
if, if you're Alex Reese, like you can't think about it beyond just like, I, I took the shots that I'm supposed to take. take yeah. I shot them well. And you just have to trust that eventually, like they're, they're going to go in, right? There's yeah, a reason why you're out there. And it's why you have to view it as the threat of my shot is what matters. Not whether or not it goes in. What do I do to a defense simply by being out there? So exactly. keep, keep firing them up, Alex. Yeah, um, yeah Alex, keep shooting Jordan. the ball. Keep shooting the ball, bro. Uh, all right, we got we got to touch on this other stuff. So um, Baylor, I got a stat for you. Uh, I, I dropped this on Goodman the other day. Baylor is the only team in Ken Palm's database that so dating back to two thousand and three, I believe, that is top five in the country in right. three point shooting percentage. They they yes. they lead the nation at forty three point four percent three point shooting. They are fourth nationally in offensive rebounding percentage at 38.6%. They get 38.6% of their misses. And then they are fourth nationally in defensive turnover percentage. Yes. At at uh, 26, they force turnovers on 26% of their opponent's possessions, which is like when it comes to like the analytics and, and like the stat nerd stuff of basketball, like that right there is the sweet spot. That's so the I, winning. That's winning right there. <laughs> it's like, so like you rebound it, you literally can stop what they're doing and you make perimeter shots. Like, yeah, that's, that's the sweet spot. Like it's, and if you want to go deeper into it, like this is getting a little bit into the weeds, but there was a guy named Dean, Dean Oliver, who's considered like the OG of basketball analytics. And mm-hmm. basically what he said was the four things that matter when it comes to determining um, how good you are are your shooting percentages, um, your free the the amount of times you get to the free throw line, yep. your rebounding, and your turnovers. And essentially, what it means is like, okay, if you win the turnover battle and you force more turnovers, it means you're going to have more possessions, uh, yeah. more possessions that end in shots, and more possessions where they don't have that end in shots. Right? If you win the re- rebounding battle, it means that you're going to have more opportunities on the offensive end, and it means that you're going to limit their extra opportunities on the defensive end. And yeah. then the shooting and free throw stuff is just like, that's how efficient are you at scoring points on those extra possessions that you do get when it comes to Baylor? Like they're the, they, they do the thing that you need to do to be efficient offensively better than anybody else in the country. And they also just so happen to create more possessions for themselves better than anybody else in the country via turnovers and offensive rebounds. So like, that's how you, that's how you become a great team. You yeah. combine all of that with like having a couple of the best defenders. They're, they're so much fun. They're so likable. I, I just, I know that they're, they're like a West Virginia rival for you. It's but well, it's so fun to watch them play. <laughs> it's still fun to watch them play. And the best part about it is like all those kids are just, it's, it's, they're so likable. Like they're just, they, they got a kid named everyday John. He's how about this? He's played. He said he's never played. He hasn't even played seventy basketball games in his life. Every day, yeah. Heard, like he started just play played, just it's like it's like his junior or senior in high school or something like that. Like it's man, I don't listen. More power to the to the Baylor team. They're a very unique team. A team I think that depending on who they play, but I feel like they can basically beat any team in college. I think they can win a national championship. That that's how talented they are. Mm-hmm. It's. It's just about consistency scoring, like not just the three point shooting, like because they don't over th- they don't overshoot threes really, like they shoot a nice amount of threes. They they stay in their lane with three point shooting, and that's why they shoot so well. So they're like efficient. I just uh, wonder about the consistent scoring. Like defensively, they're gonna bring it. Like they're gonna make sure they make it difficult for you. It's just a matter of if they're gonna be consistent finishing around the basket or. 
and 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 obviously making jump shots if they can continue to shoot at this rate, I mean they'll they'll win. I just I really wonder about their offense as a whole. Like shooting, their free throw shooting isn't the greatest. It's not bad, but it's not it's not what it should be. And I mean, they they have their things that they need to work on, but I still think they could be the win the national championship. I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, no, for and, sure. And this in this pool this year, definitely. Like it's not even a, it's not it's not that hard to pick for a Baylor. Yeah, so um we talked about Texas Tech and we talked about um and we talked about um what was the uh Florida, West Virginia on yeah. on the, the recording that we did on, on Saturday. So I don't think we need to kind of rehash any of that, but I do just want to quickly mention like David McCormick finished with 17 points on on Saturday. But you, here's you, my thing. Remember, I hate <laughs> – You remember what I said, though? If he's a leading scorer at the end of the game, regardless if he shoots the ball well or not, I'm always happy to see David McCormick do well. If he's a leading scorer for the game, and no, and, and the, especially the way that they, that's, that's, that she looked, he was like the leading scorer by a little bit – like not a little bit, by a good bit. I didn't expect them to win again. Like I yeah, barely so caught the game. That's 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 my thing with it is that when the mo- the least efficient thing that you can do on a basketball court is to throw the ball to the post and let somebody go one on one with their back to the basket. If I am game planning against Kansas, what I want Bill Self to do on every single possession is to throw the ball into David McCormick, who's like is shooting like forty eight percent from from the floor or something like that, and let him try to go one on one of the post. That's what I want them to do on every single position, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, to me, like that you're playing into everybody else's hands. And, and if you go by the data on hoopluns.com, um, when Kansas does not have either David McCormick or Mitch Lightfoot on the floor, so when they're going with like their full small ball lineup, they are 15 points per 100 possessions better than, than their opponents. So I just, I don't, I don't understand the infatuation with having that big guy out there. Um, I get that that Bill Self, like, he knows way more about basketball than I do and way more than I'm ever <laughs> going to know. But it just it, – it drives me crazy seeing him seeing him on the floor because I'm just like that – that plays into the hands of everybody that you're, you're, you're going up against. He's not good enough defensively to make up for it, and it, he just is – he doesn't do enough other things. So there are going to be games mm-hmm. where he goes 8 for 12 and scores 17 points. But I think that it's, that's why – you're losing by 19 in Tennessee. That's why you're giving up 80 mm-hmm. points to a team that couldn't break like 60, 60. for the last month. They, and this is like the thing that kills me about it is like, like I said, I love seeing Dave McCormick go out there and get buckets. And I like to see Kansas do well for the most part, unless they're playing against my Mountaineers. But you can't like they got punished on the glass. Like it was bad. Mm-hmm. Like you they didn't start uh Jalen Wilson anyway. Um they I think they had like two boards or something like th- one board. What is it? McCormick had two boards. Two boards. In a in a 33 minute game at 6 10, 6 11. It's just like of course it's good to see him get the baskets, but at that size, especially when the other team is smaller, you need to find a way to impose your will. And I'm not talking to more I'm not talking to McCormick it's just more like Kansas like having him on the floor is more or less you need you need to get him to impose his will like for rebounding and other things to affect the court to protect the basket and, and rebound like 
it's hard to have him out there and like you have to be a step slower because other teams are going to be basically playing small ball. See, I, I personally don't think small ball, like you matching small ball with small ball always works. And I, I know you hate the term small ball, but it's just, I feel like if you have somebody that's big enough that can keep up, it neutralizes it all together. But it also, you, that person that's big enough to keep up has to impose the will. Like you can have small ball, and, and with LeBron and at the four, we're talking about LeBron and then this Kansas team, but still like LeBron <laughs> at the four and AD as a five who, and AD could play the four and you can even go smaller, but at the same time, like AD can keep up with fours and fives and threes and things like that. So it doesn't matter. Like he, he's, he's big, but he's also able to defensively move and be that versatile he can impose his will in a game defensively and rebound and do all the things as well as score, take advantage of mismatches. This is what Kansas is kind of missing. Like, and I'm with Bill Self. If you want to play big or you want to keep one big guy out there, please, that's awesome to me. Just to make sure that he's out there. Like he's a presence though. Mm -hmm. Like not just, not just like once in a while. And I'm not trying to kill McCormick, man. Like he, I could, he's got he's gotten better from the beginning of the season to this point in the season. I can honestly say that I think he'll be better next year. Like I'm, I don't. It's not like I'm sitting there like I, I lost absolute faith in David McCoy. No, it's not even that. It's just like for what he's giving you right now, he's not. He doesn't have a big enough presence for what they're expecting him to have. Like it's not showing. So I don't know what they can do. Like I feel like it's very tough. Like I just like you're gonna go Jalen Wilson at the at the center completely. We saw that this year already. It wasn't. I I thought it worked. I thought it worked pretty well. Like that's that's how they until he went cold. Until he went cold. But it's like (laughs) it's like he went cold. So if if like I no I hear you. Look, trust me. I I hear you. I hear you. But like at some point you just kind of have to trust that like eventually those shots are gonna come back and, and go down. I don't know. I just. I don't it just it's just frustrating to see him like do the same thing over and over and over again when you kind of know what the end result is uh is going to end up being but whatever like let's move on we'll we'll we, we can argue about David McCormick later um I want to close with uh, a little bit of talk about the ACC Virginia had a pretty epic collapse um they were up by 10 of the second half at Virginia Tech uh they we're up 42 to 34 with like 10 or so minutes left. And yeah. Virginia Tech immediately went on a 29 to 5 run. I think they ended up winning by 15 or so. I don't even I don't remember what the final score was, but it ended up looking like a blowout. Um yeah. Florida State went into Atlanta and got yeah. just got whipped up by those two guards. Jeez. The, 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 uh Alvar, uh, what is it? Alvarado? Jose, that dude is so tough, man. Jose Alvarado. Oh. He, uh, I love him. <laughs> oh, I like his game. I like his game a lot. Like first, first and foremost, like tough New York City kid. You always got to love tough New York City kids. Two, like he got he's got the flow and he's embracing the flow, man. Like it looks <laughs> it looks great. Three, um, like he's got that you know that New York City that like the, the the New York City accent with the Hispanic twang. It's just like I, man, it's I, I got like wait he just talks like so fast. And four, like he's I did a big story on him last year because he had a he had a he had a daughter in I want to say like December of last season. Mm-hmm. And she's just she's so adorable. Like she's on all of the broadcasts. And she's just so cute. And I'm just like, like, how can you not root for this kid? 
Nah, you I got, definitely want to see him do well, man. You got you got New York City tough. You got you got the flow, embracing the flow, and you got a cute <laughs> little baby girl that's showing up to every single one of the games. Like how did, like how does anybody not love him? Nah, man, he he played amazing. You know the thing about what he did. Who was the other guy? It was him and Devoe. I felt like the way he played early in the game gave Devoe so much more confidence to go out there and play, mm-hmm. just like watching the game. And right. He dunked everything, bro. <laughs> he dunked yeah, yeah. everything the entire game. <laughs> like it was very uh surprising to see Florida State not do as well defensively. They tried a little bit of everything. They tried to press, they tried to they 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 did a little bit of everything. It didn't it didn't work out. It, they, they didn't speed them up the right way because they sped them up and had them going downhill, and then they were going downhill and finding shots. And 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 Georgia Tech even threw like in some like a matchup like three two zone type deal um, that kind of like completely halted Florida State. So I was I was just, I actually was really impressed with uh, Georgia Tech. Yeah, they're I mean they're really good. They're really tough. They got they got guards that are winners. Moses Wright is as good as any big guy in the country. Like I, I'm not ready to say that they're the best team or like in the conversation for the best team in the ACC, but like they might be top four. Can I ask you They're this really question? Good. Can I ask you this question? So Georgia Tech right now looking at a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven in the seventh in the ACC. All if they finish the season seventh, they have how many ranked wins? I think this is their first ranked win this year. Oh no, no, they beat Clemson too. Uh, they beat Clemson. They beat. They beat Clemson and they beat Kentucky, but the, Kentucky. neither of those are going to look good by the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're not going to look good at, at all by the end of the season, but I still think that they have at least one more ranked win than Duke has. Do you think Duke still goes to the tournament? I was I, I was on – I can't remember. Uh, I'm, I don't want to butcher his name. I was on the uh, on the locker room with uh, him and Jason Frazier yesterday. Uh, <laughs> John Fanta. John Fanta, yeah, my guy Fanta. I was on, I was on there with Fanta, and – Fanta and Frazier were really convinced that, you know, Duke is just going to go to the tournament just because they're Duke. And I was just like, without a, a top 25 win, not even uh, not even like a bad team that was a top 25 at one point, and then they beat them while they were ranked. Like, they didn't – they don't have a rank. And then chances are, look, I think I looked at the schedule earlier, they won't play another ranked team. They get, they get, Virginia, they get Virginia once. Right, I, I, was, I, I didn't see Virginia on their uh, their what's the name as well, bro. Like it was, I didn't see Virginia as a finish. They yeah. have to play Virginia. I mean, here here's the thing about it, right? Yep, they the got on there. They got to beat UVA for their run. At the end of the day, the way that these brackets get made is there are ten human beings sitting in a room, looking at a list of numbers, and what's going to happen is they're going to find a way to talk themselves into Duke. Right? Mm-hmm. There's no way to get over. Like any kind of cognitive biases that are that that you have and that you hold when you're in that room, like I know, I'm like sure. it's not Facts. like I'm not even like uh, like I'm not even trying to, like, take <laughs> but it's like when you're in that room and your decision is okay, do I go with Duke who has Coach K and Jalen Johnson and this and that and the third or like Georgia Tech, right? If you're comparing yeah. those two, where you're like, well, Duke hasn't been that great, but they have these lottery picks. They're really good. They could have won these games, this, that, and the third. Uh, Georgia Tech lost to Mercer second game of the season. They lost to Georgia State first game of the season. So, like, that stuff is going to come into play. Mm-hmm. And, and 
Um, to me, like that's what like you're not relying on wins and losses, right? You're not relying strictly on metrics. You're relying on human beings in those rooms to make decisions based off of what they're saying. And they that to me is always yeah, that's that's hurts my heart. That's they that's why it, that's why it's always like it's a little bit frustrating that we have all of these metrics that can determine the things that these people are trying to determine. And we're still just going to let 10 people in, in that room, go figure it out. It's, you know. <laughs> it actually sounds crazy when you just say it like that. Like, yeah. Like it's, it's, the, insane. it's the only sport <laughs> on the planet where you have people selecting what the matchups are going to be in the event to determine the champion. Think about that. That's in the insane. NBA, it's based off of your record, right? Record. Yeah. In, uh, in, in well, I guess college, uh, let me take that back. College football does the same thing, but like, it's just, it tells you how fucked up college sports are at the end of the day. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. uh, so let me just ask you this about Duke though. Cause I, I do think it's something that's worth discussing and worth bringing up. They beat the brakes off of Clemson. Jeez. Jalen Johnson is finally playing well. He quite literally murdered a dude on Saturday. Did you see that dunk? Yeah. That dunk was really, really uh, good. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it just, it, it looked bad as soon as the guy bumped into his like right leg. <laughs> by then it was like damn bro like this like scream like i want to be on a poster uh, so, <laughs> like i'm i'm watching him i'm watching him run right and i'm like i'm like there's like what there's no way he's gonna he, you're not gonna what do you oh my god why would you do that like he, and here's the thing he went about it the worst possible way yeah. Right, like so, pe- for people that haven't seen it, like Jalen Johnson is a right-hander coming down the right side of the floor. It's a basically like a one-on-zero break. Jumps off his left foot with his right hand, like with his right side going towards the baseline to go and try to dunk. The dude is running from the other direction, and he also jumps off of his left foot with his right hand. Like, there's no way you're going to be able to block a shot when you do that. Like, it's the worst. It's, it's an impossible angle to put your body in. Right, you're you're banking on your ability to like hit the ball as it's going by like this instead of like getting your hand in front of it and here's the other part like jalen johnson can quite literally jump like three feet higher than that kid like there's <laughs> what, curl, why it, what are you doing you have no chance of doing anything other than getting utterly humiliated by going and trying to block that shot what? He, he curled up afterwards too, <laughs> and then felt like it was like damn bro like you know who i really feel bad i don't even feel bad for that kid so i don't i can't remember who it was how can bad. you feel bad for that? He brought it on himself. He like brought he it on did himself. Not, he, he brought it on himself. I won't even argue that. He, that was a terrible. I, I, like, and here's I, the at thing: first I felt bad when it happened. I was just like, "Damn, bro, mm, that you could have avoided that today." Like, that's the, you you walked into you excuse me, you ran into that. Like, yeah, that's 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 the thing. That's the the funniest part about it is like it wasn't even a good hustle play, right? Like it would have been a good hustle play if he fouled him and didn't let him get his shot off. Like he let him get like, an A1. He let him get, like a, let him get an A1. He's like, almost, I'm going to... Go ahead. My bad. No, I was just going to say he sprinted the length of the floor to give Duke an extra point and get right. himself put on a poster okay. on every on every Instagram highlight feed on the planet, on every TV show on the planet. Oh like, like it was all over like the SVB, uh, SVP Sports Center. You know, it's all over. Like if you, it's still on the front page of ESPN.com if you go there right now. I still see it popping up. Like if you scroll Instagram, like I'm looking at it right still, now. I'm looking at it. <laughs> it's, like, it's still <laughs> popping up. And this kid, it was so unnecessary. Like, uh, what are you doing, man? I keep saying, poor I, guy. I don't feel sorry for him. I, I don't feel sorry for him at all either. Like, you brought that on yourself. Sorry. 
I feel sorry for uh, <laughs> Amir Sims, bro. Ah, whatever. He's putting up he's putting up solid performances, man. And I just feel bad that it's just like they're being getting punched in the mouth. I would say what the last. I mean, now they got a they got a win like what two games ago, but like they've been getting punched in the mouth, bro. Yeah, I feel bad for him, bro. He's 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 played well. And yeah, I mean they, they've he's... been they've been they've been embarrassed, man. Like they've been, but it's you know at the end of the day, like I. I I, I do. I feel for him. I feel for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's there's not much you could do when you know when when, when your program gets hit with COVID pauses. Like it just mm-hmm. fucking sucks. We're, like we're, yeah, they kind of they uh, Fanta and uh, Frazier kind of painted a picture for me. Like you know you have Duke. I mean you have uh, Clemson as the team that uh, they don't really have a uh, a prestige of like you know of winning games and then Duke has this prestige and this was like a nice game for Duke to like, you know, build himself back up. Like they, the Duke players saw Clemson and was, and just thought like they saw blood. Like basically it was just like, Oh, we're going to kill this team. It was yep. like, pick me up basically. Yep. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Um, I, I mean, I guess if Duke figures it out, they're, they're probably, they're probably as talented as anyone in the the conference, but like I kind of want to see him beat someone for real and blow somebody yeah. out for real. <laughs> like, like, like a team. Clemson, so. <laughs> a team. It is what it is. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna leave you with this. All right, this is a tweet on Saturday night from Brenna Green. Brenna Green is a uh, she's a reporter that covers Gonzaga in Spokane. This is what she said: Mark Few says the team was trying to get through this Pepperdine game. And that in the next 24 to 48 hours, they'll be trying to figure out putting together a non-conference game that is feasible for next week. So moral of the story, stay tuned. Oh, my God. I don't care. I don't care about this damn game unless it's Baylor. Don't waste my time. If it's not Baylor, I don't care. I feel like they're just gonna just pick somebody just so they can say, well, we during during our conference schedule, we 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 played a, a, a ranked team. I don't care who it is. If it's not Baylor, I don't care. It could be Minnesota. Hey. It could be Iowa again. I don't care. Day. It has to be Baylor. Hey, this day. This is this is yeah. Gotta, don't this, don't don't this play gotta on me, bro. Baylor, man. <laughs> this has got to be Baylor. Like, bro, it's, listen, it's got to be. Don't play with me, bro. Don't play with don't me. Play with my, don't play with my heart, man. Don't play Please with my don't. heartstrings. <laughs> Please don't, bro. Please don't. All right, man. Deshaun, it's been fun. Yes, sir. Um, We'll be back on Thursday night for another edition of the uh, the Beers and Ball live stream. Uh, we will probably around 10 o'clock again. We'll see. We'll see what happens. See what time the kids go to bed. See what time we can crack open those first views. Uh, uh, brews. Let me get that right. I'm all out of it today. No, don't beat yourself uh, up, man. Oh, I know. I got to go. I got to go shovel some more. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> wish me luck. I'll talk to you Definitely later, bro. Done. All right, bro.